2: It's the Toffee Web Podcast.
1: Pickford with the free kick. Breaks for Brathwaite. Oh, Jared Brathwaite. That's so special from the Cumbrian. And Cecil brings it under control. Gilmore. Ran to Onana, left a bit on the Belgian, and he's been sent off. Billy Gilmore, straight red. It's back out to Pascal Gross. Gross delivers the header. He's in. And Lewis Dunk. Be stoppage time for Brighton. Second half was a really good away performance. You know, never giving up too much, looking a threat, and then of course we score the goal. And inevitably, they get nine minutes, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone's wondering where that came from. We all do. Um, their crowd get a lift, they get that freedom to just throw things forward. And if anything, we just should have kept the ball better, that's all. Uh, the, and the final moment, you know what it's like stop across. You always got to stop across. <laughs> Hello Blues, welcome to the latest edition of the Toffee Web Podcast, the audio offering from the web's longest running site devoted to all things Everton. As you record, it's the evening of Tuesday, the 27th of February, and yesterday the verdict from the appeal board on Everton's challenge to that historic 10-point deduction finally came in. The Toffees have had four of those 10 points reinstated, which is a modest victory for the club, but importantly, it pulls us away from that dotted line, separating the bottom three from the rest a marker that has felt like a magnet in recent weeks as Everton's winless run in the Premier League drags on. The team was, of course, about four minutes from ending that barren run at the Amex on Saturday but couldn't hold on to a precious 1-0 lead against Brighton and had to settle for a point. But they now get the chance to put things right this coming weekend when West Ham come to Goodison Park. Um, But we'll start with that appeal board verdict and what it might mean for the rest of the season and, of course, the second independent commission that will convene in mid-March. Adam McCulloch... Is here with myself, Lyndon Lloyd, and Paul Trail. Paul, Everton handed back four of those dock points uh, with the panel only accepting two of the club's uh, nine points of appeal. Uh, happy with that, or like some blues in the social media university, would you only have been satisfied with getting all ten back?
2: Well, I never thought getting all ten back was ever remotely <laughs> yeah. realistic. Let, let, let's uh, let's be fair. Yeah, I don't know if I'm happy. With it. I don't. I don't know what to think. If I'm quite honest, which isn't isn't great. Uh, great podcast material, but I just don't. Um, I'm. I'm still. I'm still nervous about it. I, I'm still nervous of what the second appeal brings. Mm. Um, we don't. I mean, you you have to assume that. Assuming's assuming's dangerous, but um, you have to assume that whatever we get punished with in the second appeal, surely for us get more um, than that. So. My feeling is that if we can stay above Forest now, then 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 we will be safe. And I think it's just kind of all about. It's been such a draining sort of few months, and it's. I feel like we're sort of starting to get towards the end of um, uh, t- t- towards the end of t- towards the end of all that. And I, I'm just at the point of just like you know, as long as we're in the league now at the end of the season, it kind of feels like that's all that matters. It's a shame, given that we could have had more points, but. A lot of people, plenty of Evertonians I spoke to, were quite uh, quite adamant um, that we weren't going to get any points back at all. Uh, so I guess you know you look at that four points more the table looks a lot of rosier. Go and beat West Ham on Saturday, and then it's it, it's it's much much healthier, isn't it? And um, just I just want to get to that point of being like safe, clearly safe, really now, uh, and uh, and then making it so that whatever happens is somewhat immaterial because. Um, yeah, I'm just so nervous about it um but yeah I guess it's it's nice to have a sort of some sort of like like half a line <laughs> draw draw under it because um we don't know what's gonna happen until you know, another couple of months yet probably but yeah so so about it really it's hard that's hard to put into words it's hard to know what to think for me
0: yeah I think that's that's how we kind of all feel isn't it really it's it's nice to have some certainty on that part of a decision after weeks of Just it was it was clearly affecting the players. It was certainly affecting us as fans. And in a week where we dropped two points at home against Palace in a very winnable game, and then against their sort of rivals, aren't they? We'll go with they've they've got some sort of motorway rivalry. Um, (laughs) We dropped two points against Brighton as well. So to have those four points back, yeah, that's nice. Um, But as, as you mentioned, Paul, it's it's that it's that second decision whether that precedent's now been set and we're looking at another six points whether that double jeopardy is going to be taken into account whether Super Silk stays on his season long loan and
1: finds (laughs) another
0: few points out of somewhere um I don't know but there are still lots of don't knows aren't there and yeah you're right to mention Forrest as well because again if if his marker has been laid down then you would expect their penalty to be at, at least the same if not more based on um the gravity of the charges against them so we're still very much in that awkward phase of potentially losing more points along the way I guess I guess the other worry and we might touch on this later as as the episode goes on but the the still the uncertainty around the ownership situation um and the fact that part of the mitigation for us and the points reduced was that the punishment for administration was obviously nine points and that still remains a pretty distinct possibility at this point. With such a, a disconnect from the owner, and the prospective owner's clearly not being suitable, I, I just saw a tweet from Paul BS just just before we were um, about to go on, um, which again just suggests that their their exposure to funds is just it, it, it's just it's not it's not going to happen for seven seven seven. So that's a, a, as big a worry, but for now at least, I guess with that first portion of anxiety sort of quelled, we can hopefully focus on the pitch, which is what we all want to be doing. He says, having also had Everton artists at the weekend as well. So not always the best thing to focus on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um we said it last week that the 10 points was, was, was really never going to happen. I think four or five points back was about as much as we could have hoped to get back. And I think, uh, when we were making predictions on the podcast a few weeks back i went for 4 just based on you know the original ruling from the independent commission pegging a breach at 6 points i mean when you read the decisions from both the commission and the appeal board it's clear from the pure numbers that we breached i mean when you when you consider that the lower threshold was actually 15 million and we were found to have lost 120 i mean you can appreciate why both panels regarded it as a serious breach, in quotes that you know, kind of warranted a, a penalty to match. I mean, the issue for us Blues, as we've always said, has been around you know the stadium financing. Essentially, that other clubs have been either handed stadiums on the cheap from their local councils or redeveloped their grounds when costs were allowed to be deducted from PSR calculations. And the fact that you know the trend of our spending has been positive for the last three, three years. And then, of course, that massive imbalance that just exists between clubs like us and the so-called Big Six. So, you know, the original commission and the appeal board both dismissing our heads of mitigation, which when you take each point in isolation, you know, it stands up to scrutiny. But when you take them all in aggregate, particularly, you know, the situation in Ukraine, um, the fact that the issue of the loan interest on the stadium construction basically comes down to how the club accounted for it on the books. I mean, I don't think it's it was unreasonable for some common sense to be applied in by the first independent commission when they imposed that 10 point deduction. So, I mean, in that sense, it was really heartening to read the appeal board's verdict and for them to to essentially repudiate the first commission for recommending such a harsh penalty in the first place. You know, let's not forget the Premier League itself is pushing for 12 points. So the appeal panel seems to have, have looked at this more dispassionately and from a a more legal perspective, which, which is how it should have been done in the first place, and that they fell back on the benchmark set by the EFL. That was also key because it, it, really, it really showed up, the fact that the Premier League had no sanction framework at all. Um, they nailed us as the guinea pig without giving us any leeway or, or leniency for being the first club to go through this. So I think you know the four-point reduction is obviously huge in terms of morale. I mean, it's still a nonsense, really, when you sack up our situation with some of the bigger clubs, especially the ones, you know, who tried to join the Super League or Chelsea, who just, you know, mm-hmm. bent the rules to overspend to a mind-boggling degree. Uh, and but the decision bodes well for the second um, commission next month. I think with the double jeopardy dimension, if we're hit with a further deduction at all, it'll hopefully only be two points at the most. We should be able to absorb that you know, if we can get our, our act our act together on the pitch. But yeah, I just think, you know, particularly the way that we're feeling, I personally was feeling, I won't speak for anybody else, but the way that I was feeling after the Brighton game, it was just, you know, with this this whole uncertainty, it wasn't beyond the bounds of, of uh, possibility that we could have the 10 points upheld and have another 10 points taken away. And then you really are, really are up against it, aren't you?
2: Yeah, um, the, I mean, we don't need to go over and over it, I guess, but I, I think the, the the big one for me of all them sort of um, the the mitigating factors that have been presented is the Ukraine war and the knock-on effect that had on the uh, the the financer, uh Osmanov not being able to do that because he was sanctioned. And that, you know, how can how the heck can Everton account for that? I mean, you, you know, it's it, it's 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 impossible, you know. And that and that's that that's the massive one, which I just feel like some sort of um leeway or whatever you want to call it has to be has to be kind of be applied there and um yeah, i mean whether six points is fair I, I i don't know i mean again the double jeopardy one i i feel i think without knowing an awful lot uh, or enough about the um the the, the second breach I feel some mark will be harsh to for to attempt to answer to to anything at all, and it's because they've just done, they've tried so so hard and done everything they can to sort of they've, they've gone with so many assets. They haven't signed any players really. If they have, they've been on the cheap and free transfers and stuff like that. You know, they've almost been like working as if they've had a bit of a transfer ban of sorts, or sort of like you know some sort of punishment as it is. That that's how they've been operating. Unlike Forest, obviously, who who just been you know kind of if it feels like kind of disregarding that factor. So. I feel really let down with the with 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 the second beach. And if you if you're saying to me, Oh well we can absorb another two points, can we? I mean like you know, we'd say mm-hmm. ten point ten point penalty was harsh overall. You, you can't like you split it up saying, Oh, it's six points and then oh it's only another two, it's still eight. Yeah, you know I mean it's it it it's 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 tough to sort of you know, take eight points off us in any of the other last couple of seasons that we're doing down <laughs> comfortably down, yeah, like yeah, so like uh you know, so it's um again you yeah, have to give credit to the teams that 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 we've uh, and, and Dice that we've been able to absorb ten points just and, and not be in the, in the bottom three as it stands right now. So it's it's it, it might end up being remarkably tight. And it just I think we need one of them little runs again, don't we? Like like that like like we had in in, in December November. Um, you know, imagine back to back wins. <laughs> Sounds fanciful given that the, the game after this is at Old Trafford. But you know it's um it's it's um yeah a couple of quick wins or a win at west ham and a draw at man u or something like that would be you know really really give us a heck of a boost going into going into the games we've got coming up i feel the team will start winning again at some point it's 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 absolutely unfeasible that they're not going to you know win any more games and they're not losing many games is 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 a really positive sign a couple of them will go over the line, and it you might it might just take like I don't know four wins maybe between now and the end of the season to yeah, it, that might be enough, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and um, then just got to I think get into that winning habit again really, and that's a uh, that's the most important thing now. Just get that distance between us because um, yeah, it it, it it still could get quite dicey if we're not careful.
0: And I guess the positive thing about those, if if it is those four home wins that we're looking at, we do play the likes of Sheffield United. Forest, Brentford Burnley all at home so is that right? Forest could be a horrible game I mean that, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> there's
2: so much riding on that for both that, that, you know, I'd, I'd like I'd, I'd, we could really do with being in a, a real position of strength by that point whereas if it does go a bit wrong it's not that important you know like because um, that, uh, that could be a real uh, that could be a real huge game
0: yeah and I think that's where obviously that Brighton result, which I'm sure we're going to come on to, it does feel like we need one of those shot-in-the-arm results, like a, a win against the odds in exactly the same way that that result gave us that impetus last season. Um, it's why it feels like a real missed opportunity. West Ham at home, on paper, feels more winnable. Hey, we, we, we you know, we, we saw Neil Mopay score at Goodison last year. It doesn't feel as kind of big a hill to climb. He scored against some the other night as well. He just loves, loves West Ham, that lad. But um, I think... There's, yeah, but there's, there's space definitely for a, a kind of real morale booster, but that's why Saturday away at Brighton feels like a real missed opportunity. Just just to give us that confidence. We've spoken so many times about games where we haven't been the better side and not necessarily scraping it over the line. And that really looked like one of those gritty, ar- archetypal Deitch away performances, a goal from a set piece and grinding one out and it, it would have been really really nice to get that one over the line
1: to wrap up the discussion on the uh, on the appeal thing and on the points of deduction i mean Paul what you said uh, about ukraine uh, and the spending basically those two elements they are going to figure very highly in the second commission because i think you could you could with some justification discount the, the Ukraine impact on our sponsorship and our general sponsorship revenue for the twenty one twenty two financial year because obviously the invasion happened in the February and there was only three months left or four months left of that of that accounting year. So that I could kind of see why the first commission discounted that. But when I was rereading it last night it was very it seemed to very much center around the um, the naming rights issue which if you read the, um, the appeal board decision, it's basically they couldn't find any. There was no documented evidence that, that, that Michoud was close to bringing, to bringing that whole sponsorship arrangement forward into, the fin- into that financial year. But obviously for the following year, once <clears throat> for the entire 22-23 financial year, we've lost an h- enormous chunk of our sponsorship revenue. And, you know, to, to to make the argument that the club should have foreseen this in the, you know, in, in the normal practice of business, I think is a stretch. I mean, you know, and particularly when you weigh it up, when you weigh it up against the oh, likes yeah. of, you know, Manchester City, who have their own almost like in-house, you know, in-house sponsorship, you know, almost like a bank vault sitting in the back of the stadium that they just go and take money out of. that That's kind of where where you have to kind of separate the the sort of very legal and very precise looking at the numbers and, and and again apply some common sense and and some leeway into the situation likewise on our spending you know obviously with with us being in the bottom 3 i think it is for for net spend in the last 5 years or whatever it is and particularly over the last year if we have breached it is almost certainly going to be the stadium costs and, and then any uh, compensation to Frank Lampard's team, paying off the directors who left last summer, and the bonus for Sean Dyche. I mean, that, that's probably what will what will tip us over. So I think you know if if the argument, which again was was contained in the appeal board decision, was the argument was centered around Everton's expenditure on players, then I think this this next commission. It's just really not a factor. It's really not a factor. The club has, in that respect, done everything, almost everything it can do.
0: Some 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 of the issue there that we've not really spoken about as much is just how culpable Maghiri is in this, because the USM sponsorship, yeah, obviously in terms of um, naming rights, would have been great, but the fact that there was no agreement there, that it wasn't written down on paper, that it was essentially, oh, we were going to bring that forward. Shows you how they they really were kind of making it up as they went along.
1: It <laughs> does sound like a bit of a blag, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah,
0: and and even <laughs> if that were the case, if we take Farah uh, Magharia's word there, then it, it's almost well. Let's quickly try and paper over cracks before everything all the water runs through, mm. and that's been symptomatic of his entire reign. It's it, we've seen it in recruitment with players, we've seen it in a like a recruitment boardroom level. And then we've obviously seen it now in this sort of slow downfall of his. And hopefully, um hopefully he does make some kind of sensible decision at this very end of his tenure in terms of who is the next custodian of the football club, because that's the that's the really worrying part that we're potentially left with who knows.
2: <laughs> Apparently, we had a nice uh book about machinery that we could plug. I um...
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say, uh, the unofficial, <laughs> the unofficial Everson timeline out now and Amazon, <laughs> buy it now.
2: <laughs> but yeah, the just could just just could. Just quickly, the I mean, again, the the, the Ukraine one it, it, it's a big fact. I mean, uh, could could we all foreseen could we all that, that that Russia would get that Putin, Russia were gonna go and invade Ukraine. Possibly, yeah. They did it with Crimea, we you know, it, it, you know people will have said, Oh, that could happen. Could we have foreseeing that that, that that tragic event would occur and our financer would then get sanctioned on the back of it. Of course not. How the hell would we? You know, I mean, how, how could anybody afford? You know I mean, so you can't put two and two together like that, um, like that at all. And that and that has a knock-on effect on the interest cost because the interest, co- uh, the you know, the the cost of steel, the cost of all the materials, the cost yeah. of uh, all the things that it's 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 ballooning massively. So I think that Daniel Levy even said recently, there's no way they could build their stadium now. You know what I mean? In in the in in the current in the current time. Fairly fortunate to do it when they did, they couldn't do it now, just the costs are way, way too high. (laughs) What Evan's supposed to do stop building it completely, leave a half built thing that you know, I mean, it's 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 crackers, really. And, um, yeah, um, a bit of positive thinking there, I suppose, Lyndon, as you were you know saying, yeah, I, I hadn't really thought of it as much as you just panned out. And yeah, maybe there's less and less a case for us to answer for, so perhaps, you know, perhaps we're not looking at much, if anything, uh, but uh maybe you got to kind of assume that there's a bit more to come and just get that worked on the pitch and make sure we get them points on the board and make sure that it's not a factor at all and draw a bloody long, bloody big line under this season and start again next year. You
1: know? oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's um, you know, it, 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 it seems to be sort of conflicting. I mean, there's, there's reports that the club are confident that they're they're going to be okay. I think Paul the ask said back in, um, I think it was just this, this December, that or Was it January that he thought that that once all the allowable deductions are in play are in place that we'd be okay? And yet, you've got on the other side there are a couple of people like this that uh, that Manchester City who's the, the fellow who's who's been on the Manchester City case. I think he's a City fan. He, he's on Talk Sport a lot. He seems to think that we're going, we you know, we've breached by quite a bit this time. So who knows? Let's just wait and see. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be um, the the club's accounts. I think come out next month, and that will obviously give us a. Um, a better idea but uh, yeah let's get back to matters on the pitch where Everton came so close to registering um, a second surprise win in Brighton in as many seasons Jared Branthwaite's cracking goal looked as though it would be a worthy winner especially when Billy Gilmore was sent off with nine minutes of the 90 to go but obviously Lewis Dunk had the last word uh Paul this one this one felt like a defeat when all was said and done and um, you know how, how the manager and the players handled those few minutes has divided opinion um how did you see it?
2: It definitely felt like a defeat for sure. Um, it was uh, you, <clears throat> that, that, that sort of hour, hour or so after the game, We was just kind of a little bit like, oh, yeah, you know, like really just like, you know, muttering to yourself or I was. Uh, just like, yeah, just, no, just I was frustrated too. <laughs> and Yeah, was, uh, yeah just, just frustrating. But um, <clears throat> I, I have quite a bit of sympathy with them actually um, for this one. Now, I, I get what people are saying. You're you're against ten. You're, you're against ten men. Just just see the game out. Um, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really have a problem with the sort of game plan that they had. I mean, they, a few times they tried sort of like just doing a bit of keep ball, and they just got you know an honor there and gone, and they pl- tried to play the ball out from defence and just got just got pounced on and swamped. And you know, I'm not, I'm not sure we've really got the place to sort of like just move into this sort of like you know keeping possession or whatever whatever people wanted us to do keep it in the corner, whatever. I, you know, I just don't I'm not so sure we've got the plays for it. I think we approach the game from there probably the right way, better with a really good chance to, to 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 finish it. And if you if you go two up then and you win the game and everyone's like, oh wow, what a you know, what a performance, brilliant. And then
1: yeah.
2: at the end there's a few th you know, just a few things which he did wrong. Um and I like, don't think that's so much on Dice. I think just the players maybe you know, lack of application. You know, Harrison should have got more on the clearance there. The four, he didn't clear that particularly well. I won't really ever go at Beto for not stopping across. He's just trying this hard. He got maybe outwitted a bit, maybe perhaps a bit too easy, but fair enough. But it's a great ball there and a great header. And yeah, that was, you know, could easily have not gone in that one. So really, you know, sometimes you've got to take your hand. That's a, that, that's a decent goal. We went to under the pump we didn't give him much didn't give much away i'm more disappointed that we didn't score with them chances we had at the other end from better and then harrison at the at, 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 even afterwards so yeah I'm, I'm frustrated that we couldn't get um couldn't get over the line um i just want to come back to saying like can we just get that break a little bit i mean other football i watched that weekend following that game i watched the uh, man city play away at bournemouth and uh Bournemouth had loads of chances, like loads, yeah, like, vivid. and just, just, just couldn't shoot for shit. You know what I mean? So like, what, you know, so, so is that like, well, oh, the best team in the world. Is that is that them seeing the game out? You know what I mean? We, 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 we straight into way less chances of that with 11 or 10 men. You know what I mean? I watched the Wolves v. Sheff United on, um, yeah, on Sunday, um, uh, Wolves were terrible. One bit, Sheffield United, the ball just went through everybody and somehow didn't go in, and Wolves can away to win one nil. Yeah, I mean? Does that mean that Wolves saw the game up brilliantly? No, you know what I mean. So I think you need your bake sometimes, and obviously when when things aren't going for you, they are just not going for you, and that's kind of the way it is. So yes, I'm frustrated with a few things that happened, but I don't I don't think I can really criticise the game plan as it was because I just don't think we have got the players to sort of keep the ball or you know you know to to, to to, to, to change the way that they do things in that situation, so um, yeah, a lot of not too much criticism from me, just just more still stinkingly frustrated that we just didn't get you know didn't get a line because Palace was poor as we all as we all uh, as we all said and all accept, but if you'd got the four points from them them two, you'd, you know whichever way they came, you'd have been pretty pretty happy with that really. Yeah, that was a chance to sort of kind of right the wrongs of Palace, so to speak, you know. So. Um, that's a frustration with that. I was just, just more more frustrated than anything else, really. But
0: not too much criticism for me, really. Yeah, it's it's easier. I think I think certainly after the game, like like both of you, I was, you know, I was probably probably more than muttering to myself, but really really disappointed, because um, when you've obviously taken a side like Brighton that close, um, with such a, a a good goal as well from Bramthwaite, such a, a wonderful finish, um, pure Deitch ball. Ball from Pickford into the penalty area, knocked down centre back, peeing one into the top corner. Um, To to take them that close and then to then concede ourselves from a sort of second ball from a set piece so late on, particularly against 10 men, really does feel like a defeat. Maybe now that we're here on Tuesday night and what, four points better off as well, maybe it feels a little less frustrating because I'm sure we all would have taken that point before the game. But I guess the really worrying thing is, I, I know Bramfwaite's comments after the game, which was, was certainly the way I saw it as well, that we, we stopped pressing when uh, Brighton went down to 10 men. And, but that in itself is worrying now, how much of that is Deitch's instructions and us sitting deeper, how much it's the players having that mentality of not being able to necessarily see a game out, which would make sense when we've not won in so long. Um that's that's the tricky bit and I think that exposes some of the limitations with the side but I think a point on paper is is not a bad one so if we can take some of the positives from that game whether it's the fact that yeah we, we, you're right Paul we did restrict them and, and they are a very good attacking side so to, to restrict them to efforts from distance apart from that weird Pickford moment where he came herring out of goal um, they, they really didn't sort of do too much and, and, and we had our moments as well any any other day that decore volley flies into the back of a net. It was a absolutely world class clearance from uh, from Lamperty on the line. Um and, and would have been a really nice goal. Um, so disappointing, but there are at least signs of life there. And um, hopefully we can take 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 the better parts in, into that West Ham performance um, in, in front of the crowd at Goodison. And hopefully as well we'll see Anana from a start. I, I know obviously we, we don't want to see Adrisicana kind of get injured but Onana does make a big difference, and I would like to see more of him in the running. So that might be another enforced Deitch change that maybe works out for LeBaron.
1: Yeah, he did make a big difference. I'd like to know if that was a tactical decision or if it was just based purely around Onana's fitness. Um, you know, whether whether Deitch felt that he just needed someone of, of of Gay's profile more than Onana's, but you could just see the difference that he made because, um, you know, I think it was a bit of a. Uh, a bit of a a, a non event first half from our perspective, but I thought the second half the second half was obviously until the, the sending off was a really good away performance. I mean, as you said with that decoure effort, we were so unlucky not to go ahead. And I mean apart from I think there's just one speculative effort from Evan Ferguson, I can't remember Brighton having a shot until in the second half, until Gilmore's red card. And I think the sending off I don't think it did us any favors whatsoever because we really did have we seem to have hand, a handle on the game at one nil, and I think, under normal circumstances, which we've seen, you know, we've seen Deitch do it many times. You know, get 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 ahead and then dig in and just see it out. I think you can. We've done, as I say, we've we've done it before, and I think you can. You can have a different approach when it's eleven v eleven, and another approach versus when it's eleven v ten. And I think that was my frustration with the way that, that that the game panned out, I think as I put in my report and it wasn't popular with with some people is that there was a there was blame to go around you know on, on in on all aspects I think for just in terms of managing that game um, I think if you've got the man if you've got the man advantage. Decore is probably is probably very tired by that point, and I can understand why you would take him off. But I would have I would have preferred to see someone to, to go more like for like maybe throw Chimiti on that on there, who I think when he's had his little cameos has shown that he can actually be a presence up front uh, and, and cause some problems. And then you know you can you can keep Brighton Penn back a bit more. than I think, well, not not that I think I mean, it was obvious that's, that that we didn't. Uh, and I think we just, as Bradthwaite said, we just surrendered the initiative to Brighton and you've allowed that situation where sometimes, you know, 10 men can play better against the 11 because of they're kind of galvanized into a response. Um, so I just think that, uh, yeah, I just think we sat back too too much and, and ended up paying the price. Cause I think we panicked a bit, uh, you know, does McNeil have to have to concede the corner? Maybe he gets a shout from Pickford that, Pickford didn't give him to not concede the corner. You know, maybe Harrison doesn't try and head it away. He tries to get a boot on it. There's lots of things you can, you know, you can uh, you can second guess after the fact. But I think once you get over the disappointment of throwing away the lead, and and take that big picture view, it was a point away from home as you to Adam as one. We would just taken with both hands before kickoff, and obviously this appeal board this appeal board decision just makes everything feel just a lot just a bit a, a lot less urgent for the time being because. The big frustration for me and why I was, you know, tearing out what hair I have left was that we just had this sort of burning need to pick up as many points as possible to separate ourselves from the bottom three, particularly with the second PSR charge hanging over our heads. And it's, you know, it's felt it's felt as though this this elusive win is just isn't going to come. And so when it was just so it was when it was just it was in the palm of our hands and I feel like we just threw it away. So that was my frustration on the day.
2: Uh, you know, I was more frustrated with the when we when we drew away at Fulham, like because Fulham was one when like we were on in, in, a, in a weird way because like Fulham was one when we were like under the cosh for a lot of the game. We had to defend quite well. I should have had a penalty first off, really, but by the by, a lot of And all that happened, we hung in the game and we did did pretty well, and then missed an open goal yeah. in the last minute of the game. You know yeah, what I mean, and that's that's just sort of like yeah. guaranteed see few points now. Trying to see out, uh, trying to see out, uh, hold out a, a win away at Brighton. They've lost one, one, once at home all season. You know what I mean? And getting undone by a really good header. Let's be fair. You know, it was a really, you know, that was a really, you know, really good goal. Um, <clears throat> I could have been defended better. You know what I mean? Could, could, could the non have given him a little bit of a nudge or something like that? You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe that felt a lot. They, they, they let, they let them get there. It's, you know, there's a lot of factors there, really. Um. There's other games which are frustrating me a little bit more. You know I mean? Which I thought like we could have um you know, could have come away with uh, with a win. Um just as yeah, Fulham's one springs to mind immediately. So, yeah, it's it's a good point. Uh especially by in on on in on the bigger picture, just anytime you anytime you get done with an injury time goal, it's obviously a bit of a kick in the proverbials, isn't it? And <laughs> and, and that's the thing. But um Yeah. Yeah, we just gotta a Lot of positives to take. I thought we I thought we um we actually kept the ball first twenty minutes. But I'm bloody, you'd have taken a draw after the twenty minutes, wouldn't you? <laughs> the way the first twenty minutes went. And then mm-hmm. um I thought we grew into the game. I was quite impressed with how we kept possession and like uh and kept the ball and took the ball out of the fence quite well. Um it, it, particularly as we grew into the first half. And um, I'd say we probably won the second half earlier. I thought we were better than them in the second half. We certainly won on uh, on on chances. Um. Yeah, the better one still haunts me. I think again, they're more frustrated with that than the goal we conceded. To be honest, you know, what I mean, like it's. I'm not. You know, better. It's not. He's not clinical, is he? He's, you know, but it's just. You feel one goal there. You expect it, to, It's. A, <laughs> I think it's a better opportunity than what they had to win it uh, to equalise. Put it that way, you know. So. um Brings it that it's just it, it's not scoring the goals at the key moments, which is hurting goes more than defence because we're not conceding that many goals and that sort of thing will happen, as will the screamer from IU, the, the hit and hope which which flew in. You know, what I mean yeah. that'll happen yeah. if, you, if you if you're keeping clean sheets and just um, but if you just need if, if you're not scoring at the other end enough and our strikers obviously aren't, then it's that, that sort of thing will happen and it's um start putting the ball in there at the other end then 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 we win that game. And it's it's kind of as simple as that for me, really.
1: And that's what Deutsch would say. He he would point to that, you know, he would point to that the uh, the obviously the goal that the the goal in quotes that gets cleared off the line. Uh, you know, Beto's miss. I think was it in our group chat that I put them Beto's like a one in ten strike, I think at this point he needs <laughs> I think that's very, generous. So, very many, generous. so many opportunities to score. And it's funny that the first game that we saw him was the Doncaster away, and he puts that magnificent header against the post. I don't think he's yeah. managed to put a header anywhere near on target since. Yeah. You know, he's just yeah. – he's a—he's just – I mean, he's – if he played for anybody else, I think he'd be fascinating to watch. But for us, he's just really <laughs> frustrating. But you got to hand it to him, though, that as soon as he comes on, he does offer something because it's, it's very different to the way that Calvert-Lewin plays. And so it's it's funny. Almost within the, a couple of minutes minutes of him coming on, we are, we have a goal scoring chance. I think it's just that sort of immediate impact that he has. If he could just find some some clinical <laughs> finishing from somewhere, you know, I think he could be really really useful. But I think I don't know. Maybe he's. I, I keep saying hopefully he's going to be one of these players that needs a full season to adapt. But he's just a very uh, very awkward footballer. Um, the one other thing I was going to say, <clears throat> just listening to you, Paul, was that having seen the way that the uh, the goal was scored, I always wonder if you would have put Michael Keane on instead of Ashley Young to put a bit of height in there. But I suppose Deitch would say that you know we could quite easily because we obviously they had the Ansu Fati chance, we could quite easily have been done on the floor as well. In which case, maybe you want someone like Ashley Young in there, but. Uh, yeah, it's you know it's it's done. We have got a point, and so I think we just move on uh, to West Ham now.
2: Yeah, that like stick sorry uh, stick a Michael Keane you know, on it. it that, that just feels very much like the the, the old classic boys sub, you sub, know, which 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 yeah. Seems yeah. To bite the bites in the ass every flipping <laughs> <split> time, <laughs> true. isn't it? Like yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm
0: not I'm, I'm not an advocate of that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I think listening to you both uh, sort of going over. Better's lack of a clinical nature and then yeah, debating should we bring on Michael Keane or Ashley Young. I think that exposes, <laughs> to be honest, where where we are at, yeah. um, in a lot of ways in terms of personnel. I, I saw the stat earlier that Pickford has completed fifty-eight passes into the opposition box, which is more than four times the amount of the nearest competition, which is uh, Brentford's goalie. Um that suggests but most of our kind of well, most a lot of our goal scoring actually is coming from essentially Pickford taking free kicks from deep. Um when it's not that it's from a set piece. Obviously that's that's what leads to the goal. Mm. And then at the back we are sometimes hanging on, but yes, we restricted Brighton a lot, but there's there's lots of, you know, Tarkovsky throwing his chest in the way of the ball and lots of lots of Blood and guts, and it's it's not it's not always pretty. I think it it would probably be enough for now. If as 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 you both just said there, if if Beto could, you know, repeat the Doncaster trick and then you know add another five percent onto it and actually find the back of the net, that would that would make all the difference, wouldn't it? Um, you, you are right, Lin, and he he had something. He, like you say, he won he won the free kick that um I think James Garner put in and. Which he, um, as, which he missed us. Which missed Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which he missed us, anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a big caveat, there, Yeah, <laughs> he, he made it happen, and then didn't, it didn't happen. Um, but it would it, it, it maybe be interesting. He, he seems to get chances late on in games, mm. and and I wonder if it could be as simple as starting better. He does his sort of run and ragged thing. Maybe, yeah, he's he's going to lose the ball a bit, but also might might draw the odd foul. And then we bring on Calvert-Lewin and rather than seeing an absolutely shattered Calvert-Lewin um, fail, to, fail to really kind of get a chance, which, again, in, in this game, it's probably one half chance was, was that one that sort of dunk cleared and got, got, got away from goal, um, which I feel like Calvert-Lewin would have put that in again. It's a totally different game, isn't it? Um, maybe, maybe maybe, that's a way. I don't know. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you both about was um, Jack Harrison. Because as well as being slightly culpable in the goal, um to to a to a small degree, uh, perhaps. But um obviously he small. misses a chance at the end. <laughs> yeah, because he's cause he's small, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, small and young. It's not always literal. Uh, but um yeah, I think I I, I I saw rumblings last week that um he he wants to make the move permanent and he's is, is 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 that something let, let's dis, discount all the uh Ownership and whether we'll actually have twenty million pounds, let alone twenty pounds, to uh, spend together. I'll go to you, Lynn first. Would Would you make Jack Harrison's move? Permanent?
1: Oh, it's it's a it's a really difficult one because under normal under normal circumstances, you'd say no because I just don't think that he's offered enough. I mean, he's he's not quite the player. I've, I think I've said this on the pod before. He's not quite the player that I thought we'd be getting from Leeds, or the one that I thought that we saw at Leeds. He seemed to be much more involved from a um, a goal-scoring and attacking perspective. And maybe that's just the way... Maybe. It probably is the way that we play. But I just think that, yeah, yeah as I say, under normal circumstance, if we had a transfer budget, to speak of at all, then I think you would look somewhere else. I think that given... If 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 Sean Deitch is, is to stay, which um, there's no reason why he wouldn't at this point, he seems to be a Deitch kind of player, given that he's he's got the industry... He's got the right attitude. I think the three that we're talking about is something like 12 to 13 million. I think some of the initial reports pegged it at 20, but I can't imagine it's that high. I think we're looking at 12 12 to 13. If leads don't get promoted, which I think is unlikely at this point, isn't it? But if they don't get promoted, then I think it's as low as four. But if we're looking at 12 to 13, it's right in that gray area where it's quite a lot of money for us right now. But you do keep a player around who's familiar with the system, familiar with the manager, um, you know, has, has some, some, some goal and um, assist production for the team this season. So I think at a push, if our financial situation is the way that it is and we could pay, you know, leads and installments, then yes, just... <laughs>
2: Yeah, it'd be kind of. <clears throat> we had, had a similar conversation at the match with my mate the other, uh, the other week actually, and um, we kind of said just that. It depends where we're at. I mean, <clears throat> twenty million quid, no way. You know, what I mean, that that yeah. that would that, be way too much. But if it's like uh, around about half that or a lot more than that, and as you say, and we can wait it so that it's um that that, that, that there's some sort of affordability. But then, yeah, I guess like again, he's a dice player. He's quite versatile. Can play a few different roles. He's um, yeah, you know, he's reliable. You know, he's fit. His he's fitness, his fitness record's good. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be aversive, but you know, ideally, I'd like to be thinking no oh, no, we can do. You know, we can, we can, we can upgrade on that. We can do better. But given the reality of where we're at, it might be a, a bit of a necessity. I wouldn't be against that if that's a situation. I think he could, he could be valuable to us. But it's it just kind of. Just kind of highlights the the, the situation we're in, really, and, uh, and you know we don't know where we're gonna, what the ownership's gonna look like. That's one for another part, and where, where that's gonna, where that's how that's gonna end up, and we'll start to come and see, uh, see, see where we are with that. So, um, don't know is the
0: honest, <laughs> is the honest answer. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> that, you, Adam? That that would have been my response as well. Yeah, I think, um, mm-hmm. yeah, at, at twenty million pounds, it's obviously far too much. He's he's got, he's got I think about. Four years left on his contract, so that's probably why the price is a little higher. But um, I, th- I think he, he, he's shown flashes, and do I prefer him on the right wing to Ashley Young? Yeah, obviously. So that's that's part of the uh, decision uh, being made there, I guess. But um, yeah, you'd you'd like to think maybe in the summer we 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 could aim a bit higher, but then it's going to be a strange summer, isn't it? Because we've got so many players out of contract. Um, mm-hmm. we've got other players with just a year left, like Decore, uh, Calvert-Lewin, um, Michael Keane as well, I think, Godfrey. Um, so there's there's potentially a lot of turnover. And if there isn't a lot of money to, to spend, and who knows what the ownership situation will be, spending any kind of chunk on someone who's been middling at best, but like you say, knows knows the lay of the land, mm, Maybe maybe, that makes the decision a bit trickier, but we'll see. Yeah. But we, we, I say we, I am probably getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> wishful thinking of summer shopping sprees rather than, uh, <laughs> oh God, please beat West Ham on, on Saturday. Just, just quick as well, though, I actually got
2: a mate at work who's a Leeds fan. and the, <laughs> Le- Leeds United are funny to like, the supporters, because they, they seem to hate everybody. Like uh <laughs> like, they seem to hate every single club. Um and and because um Haverson Like, you're speaking to uh, mate mate the other day in work and he was like, Oh, all well, the Judases who left, you know, like you know, one of them being being Jack Havison, um, you know, you know, they they don't want him back. You know, they, yeah, so he might be in a situation where like and then say Leeds might not get promoted. They're looking quite good actually. I think, Linda. they've won like eight or nine in a row. They're on a, on a heck of a charge actually. So that, you know, there's a pretty good chance they'll they'll come up. Which case, and then well, Jack Harrison's going to want to stay there. And, and the fans don't want him there. Yeah, I mean, it might be a it might be an interesting situation that. So. Don't know what I mean. That that video of his uh, when he saw his mom. Like, I don't know if you saw that at the. Uh, I think it was in the Gladys Street. He went over or something like that, and uh, yeah. she was like, "Oh, you should stay here, Jack. that oof, that's caused a big noise at, <laughs> at Leeds United." So um, yeah, I think he might end up being in a bit of a tricky spot. Uh, maybe we get him on loan again. That might be the best <laughs> the mm-hmm. best scenario. Another another season long yeah. loan, and that 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 would probably uh, that would do it for me.
1: Then one back right at you, Adam. Would you keep Ashley Young for another year?
0: Uh, um, I've, oh, I've just frozen. <laughs> I think as well. I'll, He's, I'll flew,
1: this, He's frozen. He's frozen. He can't. That, he can't handle it.
2: <laughs> that, that face just answered the question. There. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did it? Did it? Did it freeze in perfect disdain? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just offended you even us. Yeah. It was. It was. It was not like my. Uh, my Wi-Fi buckled as like my vein throbbed just at the very thought of. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I <laughs> although I am, I am against keeping Ashley Young. I'm, I'm not, I guess, not that against him as a as a, as a footballer person. I think it it would, if if we are keeping Ashley Young, and if l- let's say we're keeping Ashley Young as he is now, i.e., almost a nailed-on starter or v- very much a part of the first team furniture. That would be worrying. Um, yeah. That would suggest that our recruitment, or like thereof, is is going very badly, and that we are just in desperate need of bodies. Because that's that's the other thing we're not seeing. Um, you, you mentioned Shami before, and we're not we're not really seeing um, younger players kind of come through. There's no one really knocking on the door. So, if the likes of say the players who seem kind of nailed on to leave him with summer like Gomez and Delhi and, and then other fringe players as well. If if we are having to keep Ashley Young in there, he, he becomes a bit of an Andy Lonigan figure, but Andy Lonigan if he was having to start every game mm. and that does that doesn't sit right with me. So um if it was as a squad player and someone to have him a dressing room and someone to occasionally come on and cause a bit of fume, then yeah, fine. Um but anything beyond that would yeah, be a sign of the times.
1: What you've just described is how I thought he was going to be used this season. Yes. And I would be fine with yeah. that. My reason for yeah. getting rid of him now is just because you just removed the crutch for Deitch, mm. you know, the, this this yeah. this almost going back to the, the, the Moyes tactic of just throwing on or relying on someone just because they're experienced, you know? Yeah.
0: Three-year deal for you, Paul, or?
1: Um, I mean, if... if, if...
0: Yeah, if, if
2: if he was to be used as a utility player, as backup, um, as you know, player to help. I mean, to be honest, I, I wasn't really against Young. So I mean, he, he made a really, really good tackle actually in the in the, in the box just after coming on, uh, which was you know, a long way towards preventing the goal. I don't see what he did, what what he, what else he could have done in the time he had on the pitch the other day. But that's I think that's that's how he should be being used. You know, coming on to help see games out. Uh, you know, to yeah. You know, uh, when we've got injury problems and that, he shouldn't be starting games on the right wing at home to Palace and uh, we're all, you know, we're all kind of in agreement and that. Um, I think he's, I, I like him. He seems a good pro. He seems a good, seems a good lad. I think he probably does quite a lot in terms of, you know, keeping standards high and sort of, you yeah, on the, on the training ground and stuff. But yeah, he should he should be there to see our games and to sort of, you know, play when we're, when, when we're short on numbers and, and that sort of thing. Not, you know, you know, not 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 starting twenty five thirty games in 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 the season that, that that shouldn't be the way.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, so so don't start them against West Ham then. Is what you're saying? <laughs> 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 um, i i don't I don't foresee many many changes to the team for West Ham. Unfortunately, it, um, looks like Moise's Moyes <laughs> Moyes's fellas got their act together just in time yeah. against Brentford the other night, which was annoying. Because they look dreadful at Forest, I am hoping that West Ham shows up. But uh, I I don't. I am just for me. I am banking on uh, on just on a general lift from this appeal decision to just kind of infect everybody, and hopefully, just people can relax a bit more and we can play some actually play some some football. Uh, How do you you think it's going to go, Paul? Well. Um,
2: I was in 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 a weird way. I was kind of made up that West Ham did win last night. You think like if a team just that that would have been like I think their third defeat in a row, hmm. and you kind of think like yeah, if a team yeah keeps on losing, eventually obviously they they, they booked that trend. So yeah, I don't know, I'm, a bit, I'm always kind of a bit sort of. Superstitious sort of for for, for them sort of things. So you know, I didn't want to go and score four, but um, <laughs> I watched that game last night, uh, most of it anyway. And um, I I thought West Ham are op- they don't defend very well. They're very def- the very unwise actually the way the way they're defending at the moment. Um, so. I feel there'll be chances for us in the game if we um, if we can keep it solid. I mean, Brentford had a terrible first ten minutes uh, last night, and they um, and they paid the price in the two Then West Ham started strongly. If we can keep it keep it solid there, um, try and get on the front foot, we'll get chances. I'm pretty sure of that. So. Um, I'd, I'd fancy us there, and West Ham did rely on uh, you know at, at two one did rely on a, on a wonder goal on a wonder goal. He's not going to be able to hit one like that ever again. <laughs> oh my God! Cheers, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> <yeah, yeah. laughs> but um, yeah, I just saw enough there. I, I, I saw enough chinks in the armor for West Ham there to to see why they've lost a few games, to see why it's, you know it's all not so rosy uh, for them, and um, at the moment and. Yeah, but uh, they might have one one eye on Europe as well. I think they're playing on Thursday. The they, they, you, you, European Conference, let's face it, worked, on, worked well well them last season, having that to focus on rather than the league, and uh, they might have might have might have an eye on that instead. So, I'd, uh, yeah, I think I think we'll do it. I think now's the time to finally sort of, you know, whether that's and West Ham are often a bit like us in that sort of regard. If there's ever a team that's quite obliging for sort of teams that haven't won in a while. Fingers in West Ham and Newcastle tend to be the teams which, <laughs> yeah. which get which roll over and get the bellies tickled. So that's hopefully we can uh, we can tickle their bellies, <laughs> and get the uh, get the job done there. So I'm uh, I'm am ho- hopeful that we can do that. I saw Chim- Chimiti scored a couple of goals to the under 21s in the cup uh, yesterday. That, that uh, one was a penalty, uh, but that's good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's played his way into a little bit of game time, perhaps because uh, because. Yeah, you know, the the others clearly aren't aren't scoring. I don't expect changes up top in terms of starting the game. Perhaps Chemiti might get a bit bit more of an opportunity off the bench. Who knows? But um yeah, I fancy us to uh I fancy us to finally get that get that victory over the line.
0: Yeah. Let's tickle their bellies, lads.
1: <laughs> a rousing half <half-size> time talk. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um I, I mean on on the one hand the, the result on Monday was exactly what we wanted in that it kept Brentford down there and they they seem to have really gone under the radar as a struggling side um well obviously we're above them now thanks to that uh four points back on the board but um but yeah as you say Paul you, you'd rather West Ham winning is one thing but scoring four goals and having Jared Bowen get a hat trick and suddenly have a bit of confidence flowing through the team um isn't ideal but yeah, I, th- I think you're right. B- besides those sort of worrying signs of, you know, players like Kudus, who's got, you know, the sort of bernier effort at the moment, which feels like a bit of a narrative, and obviously Moise and Zuma as well in there. Um, if, if we're going away from superstition and looking at it from the point of view that as a fan base, we'll hopefully be a bit more relaxed going into the game um, after, after the, the decision yesterday. And then that feeds hopefully into the players on the pitch and certainly... Um, mentioned earlier, but I think starting in an Arna and having a bit more control in the middle would be a big part of that. Then I, th- I think it, it does feel a winnable game. It, it might take more than a tickle, um, but uh, sorry, um, but it, I, I think they are the sort of side I, I would like to face if, if we were if we were trying to kind of break that duck. So I, I think there's, there's there's something in that, and I've, I've got this sneaking suspicion Beto is going to score, and I, I, it's based on no logic, no reason. Um, nothing that I've seen from him um on a football sense, but there's there's a there's a gut feeling that suggests to me that beto this might be the week that one goes in off his arse and we uh, and we get it over the line. So that's that's my prediction.
1: <laughs> I would certainly take that. Yeah, I was uh, I didn't see the whole game, the the West Ham Brentford game. I saw I was encouraged by the the sort of closing stages as Brentford were start to cause them some problems. Um, I, as a Brentford fan, I would have been quite frustrated at the kind of pedestrian way they were going about it at times. So I think that, yeah, that West Ham can can be ruffled. They can be got at. And I think that's um, – you know, they're funny. Paul, you're right. They're not really playing defensively like a West Ham team. So they're not the sort of team that's going to come to Goodison to, to park the bus and be hard to get through. Um, but they can obviously cause us problems at the other end if we're not um, – you know, if we're not at it defensively, but yeah, I've got a, I've got a decent feeling about this one. Um And as I said, I just, I just hope that the, the, you know, just the atmosphere around the club will just feel just that little bit lighter. And, and there won't be because I think the big problem against Crystal Palace was just the frustration of the crowd and this sort of anxiety that was just permeating everything. I think some of that will have been relieved a bit by you know getting these four points back and just sitting a couple, couple more places up the table. You know, because there's. Assume, no, let's let's assume that for now that, you know, the, the points situation doesn't change between now and the end of the season. There's a lot more teams down there with us in the mix. Um, and certainly when you look at Forest situation, you can be f- fairly confident that they're going to end up below us in terms of points. Once they're, uh, once their commission has, has <laughs> weighed in and, and taken points off them. So yeah. And um, it'd be nice to it'd be nice to end this run, get a win. Um, you know, I think, uh, We've got a really, really good record against West Ham over the you know over the history of the Premier League. So let's uh, let's capitalise that on that and um, put one over them once again.
2: Tickle some bellies. Tickle
1: some bellies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: The only uh, the only little thing I was going to mention was uh, um, a quick shout out. Bear in mind that obviously Everton strikers aren't scoring at the minute. Um, shout out to Ellie Sims who scored his first career hat trick. Yeah for Coventry against mighty maidstone so nice to see him, him amongst the goals and uh, yeah maybe uh, maybe finally find a bit of form after that, uh, that that big summer move for him so
1: yeah one of those um one of those mighty alongside tom cannon thank you yes mm-hmm. alongside tom cannon uh in you know how much how much game time they might they have got Possibly, mm. possibly more canon than Sims. I think. I think. I don't know. He just felt maybe a little bit closer. But then, you know, look at Chimiti, and they're all sort of a fairly, fairly similar profile, profile player. Mm. Um, and you got Beto in there. Every time you have someone of you know, who you've paid twenty five, or if, will eventually maybe pay twenty five million for, because <laughs> we haven't actually paid a <laughs> bean for him yet. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you'd, you'd always think that he would get the nod first. But yeah, it's interesting. I, I was. I was sad to lose tom cannon actually that the, mm. that the club felt it was necessary that it had to sell him so
0: yeah
1: yeah it's the way things go isn't it
0: Carls, girls girls
1: okay well we'll call it an evening there fellas thanks as always for your company and for your insights as i wrote for toffee web earlier today hopefully the appeal board decision is that glimmer of light at the end of a very long tunnel and as you've discussed here it can lift a bit of the weight that the whole club has been feeling late. Uh, Thanks to you for listening. Take care of the toffees. We'll be back with a new podcast next week.